remember, in the course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're chatting with friends. I am one of your friends, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by your other friend, Ike. Ike, how are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Not too shabby. I'm freezing cold, but I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think we should uh, should, uh, should subjectify that. That freezing cold for us is not the same as our friends in the Midwest. Um, True. Where, where we're uh, originally from, uh, you know, it's it's like thirty something here, and I'm freezing, but that that is nowhere near the single digits that they're experiencing. Um, to, to be fair, though, in my defense, uh, down here in the Panhandle, uh, when I got up this morning with wind chill, it was um, under ten degrees. So, in, in my defense, that's still pretty cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they can have the winter and their uh, snow and their single digits. I moved away from that crap. I don't want it anymore. So um, I I don't feel any, I I don't feel whatever. I don't feel pity. They can move someplace warmer too. True. So (laughs) anyway, uh, today on this episode, we are reviewing the movie underground, a found footage film that is now on Screenbox. And uh, I will just precursor this by boy, do I have opinions (laughs) and uh, we'll get there. Uh, but before we do, we got a lot of stuff to discuss and talk about. Uh, first of all, thank you to our wives, uh, Monica and Kayla, for always supporting us. They will be back on the episode soon for another Wives of Riddle. I promise. I know people like it when they're on and things get a little uh, heated and there's some some tense discussions and, and things get fiery. Yeah, they'll be on soon. We'll, we'll have all that uh, you know hellfire and brimstone coming on the show <laughs> soon. Just bear with us. Uh, but before we uh, get into all the uh, meat and potatoes of this episode, Ike, did you watch anything this week besides uh, Underground? Um, so I, I've watched a few things. Um, I went and watched. Um, oh gosh, what was it called? Uh, so I, I I told everybody I've been watching the Vampire Diaries, which you know, yeah, cheesy, whatever, but it's about vampires, so it's cool and horror somewhat related. Um, so we moved on to the originals, which is about old vampires. Um. I've also been watching a lot of gameplay from the new Five Nights at Freddy's game, so a horror game called Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I think it's Help Wanted 2. Really cool. It's uh, VR, so that's really neat. Um, if you guys, anybody out there has a you know a Meta Quest or whatever VR machines that exist now, uh, give that a look because it looks pretty fun, not going to lie. Um, and other than that, um, I do want to throw a real quick shout out to uh, God of War Ragnarok, which I started playing um, this last week, couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, it's it's really fun, really fun. And while it's not directly horror related, there are some pretty horrifying things in this game. So, <laughs> but right. it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I did watch the movie that you mentioned last episode, Triangle. I watched Ooh. it. Um, it was, uh, it, I mean, it was trippy. It was, it was, uh, uh, I, they, I know they didn't really, uh, I don't know. It was weird. It's like, they didn't give an explanation for why it was, things were happening the way they were happening per se, but man, it was, it was loopy. And, uh, it was like just layer upon layer of, of weird shit going on there. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I, I kind of, based on what you said, on about the ending, you know, waiting for the ending um, and, and watching the movie. I kind of had a gut feeling where what was going to happen. And uh, I didn't know the specifics, but what, what you know, what happened, happened. I'm not going to give spoilers on this because I think people should watch it. Um, but, yeah, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. It uh, it, uh, it man, it, it'll kind of make your head spin a little bit. Um, yeah, it really it, does. It's, <laughs> it's that old uh, that old uh, Doctor Who uh adage of uh you know time is wibbly wobbly and timey wimey and uh it was definitely a little wibbly wobbly in that but uh yeah i advise people to watch it it was uh it was entertaining it was fun um i did like it other than that i didn't really watch anything horror related uh kind of a slow week again and uh once again i promise things will pick up 
it's just oh god everything's been so busy yeah. it's like the beginning of the year this is like the beginning of the year the end of the year is the busiest time for me for work and there's so much stuff going on just when you think you know I, i've hit a lull and okay i've caught up everything's good it's just like the next wave hits uh so it, it'll get there i promise but uh for now that's that's all i watched that didn't underground which we'll talk about in a little bit <laughs> uh, but before we get there uh, let's uh, let's first off start off with our weekly segment horror hot take and this episode we have another horror hot take so ike do you have something queued up on the burner ready to go i do i do i think i'm ready all right so uh let's bring the smoke let's hear your hot take for this episode absolutely um, so this isn't, uh, honestly, for the show, this is not much of a horror hot take. But if you put it into the context, um, which I'll explain a little bit, that I would normally put this in, um, it is definitely a hot take to the people that this is targeted at. So we are in the season of award shows, the Ox- Oscars, the Golden Globes, and all of that good shit. I think it's about time that we have a Best Picture winner Oscar be a horror movie. Um, and, I, and I know that, you know, there have been attempts in the past, you know, things like The Exorcist and, you know, other movies over the years. But there are a significant number of horror movies uh, that I think were very, very honorable and worthy of an Oscar or a Golden Globe or whatever bullshit, you know, award show, you know, they want to pull out next. Um, and, and I think that part of the hot take is that. Some people will say, well, oh, yeah, they can they can enter and everything. It's just, you know, it's not a big deal. It's well, if 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 it were the case, I think that there would not be as many independent horror movie shows as there are. There are a lot of award shows specifically for horror movies, such as the, you know, the Chainsaw Awards. Um, and there's another one that I'm having a hard time remembering. But the point of the matter is, is that I feel like a lot of times these award shows do specifically exclude horror movies in a lot of ways. Um, I, I don't believe that there's typically a category for horror movies. Um, and I don't typically see horror movies being submitted for best picture. And I think that's a shame. I think horror movies um, in a lot of ways is one of the uh, best is in my opinion is the best genre, but it's one of the best genres, uh, one of the most diverse genres and one of the most, um, I would say, successful genres this year, I, I would I would venture to guess that horror movies probably made more money than any other genre of movie this year uh, for 2023. And uh, is definitely not being recognized as such. So I think it is about damn time that a horror movie be put up for Best Picture and it wins. Or at the very, very, very least, they add a horror movie genre to these uh, award shows because horror movies are, again very much saturated in the platform and in the, in the genre of movies and TV shows. And it's just an absolute shame and a half that they do not get the, I would say public recognition that they deserve on these shows. Yeah. Uh, and I think that goes for genre films in general, yeah. right? I mean, you don't, you don't get horror movies or sci-fi movies or comic book movies. They don't get the recognition. They, it's like they're looked at, um tainted and it's like they've always been that way but it's like come on you know get with the times because those movies are making the most money they're the biggest successes and at some point you know these these organizations need to they need to get off their high horse and quit thinking everything's got to be a gone with the wind type film and um you know it's it's okay to recognize other films there have been lots of great horror movies uh for I mean decades, I mean yes. decades alone. I mean, it, but it's it's time to get with it and recognize. Um, I I don't want them to do a separate category for horror movies. I just want them to start recognizing horror movies in the categories they have. Um, I mean, it's like it's just it's a shame that they can't just quit worrying about labels of the types of movies and just look at movies in general. Um, every year there are spectacular horror movies that are just great movies and people that are voting on these things and nominating these things should not look at these things with any kind of bias. If it's not the style of movie they like, that's not, that's not what their job is. They shouldn't look at it that way. 
Um, but they do. There's there's always a bias against horror movies and genre movies in general. And um, I I I I want to think that at some point in time they'll come off it, um, and it, it'll get past that, and that you know the only recognition horror movies will get will not just be uh, you know for effects or something like that. But who knows? I mean, who yeah. knows? It's like I, I've thought this for a long time, and it just doesn't seem to get much better. And uh, I'm not knocking the movies that are out there, but uh, but there's so many weird, twisted things they do. Um, like this year on I don't even know. I don't keep track of all this a lot. Uh, I don't know. So I, I I think it's the Oscars. It's like like the Barbie movie is up for best adaptate adapt adapted screenplay. Excuse me. I think that's the terminology. Which is weird because Barbie is not an adapted screenplay. There was not pre-existing material that they pulled from. It's just a toy. It's not like there were books or movies that they pulled from. That was an original screenplay. And all they're doing is slapping the face of those writers. Yep. By nominating them in the wrong category. And it's like it's it's ignorant. It's uh, don't don't get me started on that either, because um, I, I think that. The there was a, a I can't remember what award show it was, but it was for uh, music. I think it was the Golden Globes. It was for music in a movie, and um, the song "I'm Just Ken" from the Barbie movie won, um, and it won over the Billie Eilish song "What Was I Made For?" And like, here's the deal. Like, I I get it. What well, I'm just Ken is great, and it's a fantastic song. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm shitting on that. But you, how are you going to put that over that Billie Eilish song? The Billie Eilish song literally is a masterpiece. But not only that, like the whole point of I'm just Ken is like allowing like it, it, the whole point of the Barbie movie in general was to not, you know, silence the, you know, the female voice, the creative voice. But I'm not going to get into that because I know some people are going to be pissy with me for even saying it. But anyways, it, it's a whole genre thing and and it's all award shows and it's not just horror movies. Like like Dave said, you know, there are a lot of different genres that get absolutely just bumblefucked every year because like you said, they're genre movies and yeah, comic book movies is another big one. I I know the Joker won some awards, but the Joker, it it is hard to even say if the Joker is a true comic book movie because it's very original. It, it, you know, contains characters from Batman, but it, it didn't necessarily meet the same trope or genre of the comic book movie that you'd normally see. I don't know. I have some mixed feelings on whether or not I want to use that as like the depiction of, you know, a comic book movie winning an award, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love the Joker movie, but it's not really pulling from a lot of material. No. But anywho, like, for instance, the Batman, I think, uh, you know, I think the Batman should have won an award. Um, That was easily one of the best films of 2022, I think, is when it came out. Um. It, but it, you know, obviously, it, it wasn't going to win an Oscar for Best Picture, you know. Uh, even though Pattinson easily acted the best, one of the best p- depictions of the Batman in my whole life. But anywho, before I get too crazy on that, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight in award shows. I don't no. watch award shows any longer. Um, I just don't, I don't relate to them, and yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, I. I I, I get it, right? There's some great movies, but it's, it's like I feel like there's this precedent. To, let's pick something that's artsy and obscure because yeah. we have to. And I'm like, oh, that's that's not the right approach. And I'm not saying you you go by commercial success. That's not necessarily what well, you know. The dollars don't equate quality necessarily. But uh, you broaden your horizons a little bit, and let's get some people on these uh, voting groups or whatever. I don't even know what they are. Whatever they are. That uh, that aren't so narrow minded. And, um, you know, yeah. Do I think every horror movie should be nominated for something? No, of course not. But every year I feel like there are at least one, two, three that are worthy of at least being discussed and being up there. And there's always one or two that I really feel should be nominated. And um, whether I'm not, you know, whether it be for a performance or the film itself or whatever, um, I don't know. I just think. I think it's time to to get off our egotistical little pedestal and realize that uh, movies are different, right? Movies yeah. are, are different, and um, 
let's don't be let's don't be narrow minded, right? Let's be open minded. There are a lot of great, great horror movies that are just great films in general. And everybody thinks horror equals gore. And that's not that's not that's not an equal equation all the time. And um, I don't know. We could talk for hours on this. Uh, I, I completely agree. But again, it's it's part of the reason. One of many reasons. I just don't I don't put any stock in award shows. Yeah, I just I am not. I, I None of them for music movies. I just don't I don't relate to them. I don't feel like they're they're true overall true representations. Yes, they get some things right, but uh, overall, I, I I think they're in. A, you know, I'm not saying every horror movie should win, but there should be more nominated. Um, just like genre films in general. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it's a sore spot for me, and uh, it's a reason I just don't I don't pay any attention to the horror, the the uh, excuse me the the award shows. Um, outside of I, you know, like horror genre specific type awards things. I, I, I watch those because I feel like they, uh, they're, you know, they give consideration and, yeah. uh, you know, it, and, and I'm all for there being genre specific awards, uh, and award shows, but the, it, you know, there should be some, uh, some bleed over. There should be some, I mean, horror movies are mainstream. Horror movies make money. Horror movies top the box office charts. So how do they not get consideration? So, you know, and, and just one last thing to add to that. I was looking at just the list just because I was curious. The last time, like a horror movie, I think really ever, because I'm looking back at these and I think at least since 1974, the only time a horror movie has ever won something, and I would say like an actual horror horror movie, probably was. Yeah, probably The Silence of the Lambs in 92. So from this list, from 1974 to present, you know, that's what? How many years? That's that's almost 50. It's 50 years. This year will be 50 years uh, counting from what I'm reading here. I'm sure it's been a lot around longer. In 50 years, there's been one horror movie that has won an award. And like, don't get me wrong. I, a lot of these movies were great movies that you know could have potentially deserved an award. I know The Shape of Water is on here, but I go back and forth on whether or not that's a true horror movie. But like, for instance, and I don't mean this at all in a negative way, but this is just an example. I I, I like this movie and I like the people in it. But you're gonna tell me a movie like Birdman won an award, but a horror movie can't win an award? Like, come on. <laughs> Well, and maybe sometime we'll just do a whole discussion on this for a whole episode as a special episode or something, because for real, again, we get I man, we could discuss this for hours. But we've got a lot more to discuss, so let's let's move on. Uh, it's a good topic, though. It's a, it's a really good topic. Um, but it, it and it's it's just a bigger picture. Horror does not get any kind of respect. Uh, people have a very narrow minded, opinionated view that has not progressed since the early eighties. They, they don't view horror as anything more than slash and gore and blood. And they just don't, they, they just refuse to see it as anything more. It is. And yes, it is advancing. It is growing, but it's such a snail's pace that it's, it's almost uh, insulting. Yeah. It's, I mean, but, uh, that's okay. We'll we'll keep uh we'll keep campaigning and and you know and supporting the cause and do our bit to uh to try to bring some recognition. But uh okay, so good topic. Well, I think that's something maybe we ought to put a pin in and, and come back to in a further a uh, a further a future excuse me not further future uh, episode because I, I mean that's something that I think we could really dive deep in and discuss do some research. Look into the numbers, the the years, the the nominations, and just really, I don't know, really bring try to bring some light to it. So, Absolutely. but for now, we got a lot more to do. So let's take a pause, and when we come back, we'll come back with the news, upcoming birthdays, and movie anniversaries. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. 
Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com screams shirts. Spread the news. Spread the news. Spread the news. And welcome back to the news. All right. The news. (laughs) The news. Let's say we got to make our best spooky ghost. Spooky ghost voice. Getting a little Scooby Dooish. That's that for real, though. All right. So, starting us off at the top, um, and before I actually say this, uh, last Thursday, uh, Dave and I were texting. Mm-hmm. Dave texted me some information that um, reportedly Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox had uh, report, or reportedly turned down offers to reprise their roles in Scream 7. Yeah. Um, this, this, of course, was, you know, to me and Dave, this was like, this is the final nail in the coffin. Like, just cremate this some bitch start over because at this point you don't have uh melissa barrera you don't have uh jenna ortega you've already killed off a lot of the legacy characters up to this point you have uh you don't have nev campbell you don't have courtney cox so who who do you have to make a movie uh not a lot of people but despite that horrible news at a recent event, Nev Campbell has said she is open to returning to the Scream franchise under the right circumstances. And here's the deal. I don't know what the production company needs to do to stop pissing people off, but for the <laughs> love of Christ, please stop pissing people off. Please stop. Like, I, I am on my knees and hands begging you to stop being assholes because whatever they're doing is driving away all of their talent. So whatever you need to do to get Nev Campbell and anybody else back on the project, I suggest they do it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and again, I saw this video. This is this is true. This is from this is not rumor. This is I saw her speak these words, and uh, she was very uh, she was very uh, ed- what I don't know what what I want to say. She she knew her stuff. What she was talking about, right? She said that she understands. There's a lot of confusion with the Scream franchise, right? There's a lot of people. In the Scream franchise, hires up that are probably scrambling right now and, and that are in a panic. And she did say the Scream franchise means a lot to her. It means a lot to fans. So it's, it needs to be respected in that sense. She also spoke that, hey, it needs to be respectful because of the memory of Wes Craven. Yeah. And she said that, you know what? She's not closed any doors. She's willing to come back in the right circumstances. Obviously, there's there's assholes out there who immediately jump and, oh, it's all the money. That, no, that's not what she meant. I guarantee it. I'm not trying to put words in her mouth. But what she means is the right script, the right story, the right telling. Yes, does she deserve to get paid? Fuck yes. Because Nev Campbell helped make this franchise what it is. So I don't give a shit what you want to say. You could say, is it about the money? Right. You know what? She's earned the right for it to be about some money. But that's not what it's all about. She's not going to do a, a movie that she doesn't believe is respectful to the franchise and, and to Wes Craven. She's made that clear that she cares about this. This is important to her and that it should be important to others. Man, the Scream franchise right now just has my head spinning because there's so much. I really think they just need to say, look, we're going to table it for now. Catch our breath. And. Because I don't know what's going on. I mean, if they can't get Nev Campbell, if they can't get Courtney Cox, if they can't pull in a, a couple of other people, there's no sense in even trying. It's, I mean, if you've lost the new people, you've got to have somebody there for the franchise. They're already in a situation where the last two movies feel like they just don't matter anymore. And I, I so I don't know. I don't think there's a, I don't, I don't know that there's a right solution to this scenario. And, no. uh, and, and I hate it because I love this franchise, but it's almost like, man, quit trying. Just, just admit, okay, things are a mess. We can't pull something logical out of our ass. Let's just, let's just put it on the shelf for now. And, and if we want to revisit later, we'll revisit later. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, before we move on, the only other thing I want to add is that, like you said, Nev Campbell, in reality, and because I hate when people say that, oh, she's just doing it because of the money. Nev Campbell doesn't need the money, man. She has more money than you or I or anybody else watching this podcast will probably ever have in our lives. And because of that reason, she can come from a position and say, look, I want to do this movie right. I'll do it, but I want to do it right. I don't want to half-ass it. I don't want to create some bullshit. I don't want to make something that stinks. I, I want to make a good movie. And, and like Dave said, it's coming from a position of, you know, I would say positive authority. She wants to honor the legacy of Wes Craven of the Scream franchise, but she doesn't just want to do it just to do it. And I feel like right now that's what they're doing because they keep losing actors. A lot of the studio politics are getting in the way. And at this point, if they make a movie, they're just making a movie to keep the rights. And it just, you, you, anytime you look at a horror franchise that is just making movies to make movies, you can clearly tell the quality of the movie has dropped. You can clearly tell the story makes no sense. Look at the Hellraiser franchise. Mm-hmm. After Hellraiser 2, none of those movies make sense until they made the remake, reboot, requel thing here recently. The Hellraiser franchise is a perfect exp- example of that because they they just stop making fucking sense. They just start pulling shit out of their ass, and it doesn't make any sense. So anyways, um, <laughs> moving on from that, uh, Nev Campbell, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, whoever's producing the movie, figure it out. Anywho, moving on to our next little bit of news, Kyle Gallner, who is returning from Smile and Rosemary DeWitt, have been cast in Smile 2. They join Lucas Gage and Naomi Scott in the film, which will be directed by the returning Parker Finn, and the movie is due in theaters October 18, 2024. Um, you know, Dave and I, we both love Smile. It was uh, definitely a solid movie, and Smile 2 was on our list of promising movies for the year. And uh, honestly, the fact that they have... Uh, Gallner coming back is good news because Kyle Gallner was at the end of the last movie um, and he will probably be the bridge between the two movies. So very excited. Yeah. And uh, this tells me that they've, they've got a direction, right? They probably have, if not a script, they have a, a, a really solid fleshed out ideal in mind. Um, I would, I would think, uh, you know, bringing him back, there's got to be some direction. Uh, I'm excited for this film. I, I loved, you know, I thought the first film was really, really solid. I loved their marketing campaign for it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the second one because, again, like we mentioned earlier, man, we need some really top-notch horror movies to keep knocking at that door. And uh, the smile, uh, smile was one, and I think Smile 2 will continue to be that. Absolutely. All right. And we also have some news about Thanksgiving. It was released on Video On Demand on January 16th and will be released on DVD and Blu-ray on January 30th. Obviously, we're all excited about the Video On Demand release, and the physical media release is also very exciting because everybody loves a little bit of Thanksgiving. Can't beat that. So, uh, you know, if you guys, any collectors out there, I know a lot of horror movie collectors are probably going to want to get their hands on the Blu-ray and all that good jazz. So, yeah, that should be fun. Yeah, love Thanksgiving. Fun film. Great film. One of our top five films of 2023. Uh, I urge people to support physical media because you never know what the future of streaming. I'm not saying streaming is going to go away, but you never know. Things come and go on streaming. And and we hear all this shit about Best Buy and this and that are doing away with physical media. It meant support physical media. Let's keep that alive because it is still imperative to have hard copies of things just in case um, to document, preserve. Because I know it's silly to think that in this modern context, but it's it's true. You never know what the future will hold. Absolutely, and and I and just to add to that, there are a lot of movies that yeah I, I, we we've gotten kind of spoiled with the whole like streaming platforms and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, streaming's fantastic. But just as a small example, um, the TV show that I'm watching currently, the originals, it was originally on Netflix. Um, but Netflix lost, didn't lose, I don't know if they lost the rights or they just didn't renew the rights. I don't know how that shit works. But they had the originals, the Vampire Diaries, and the show called Legacies all are in the same universe. They're all about the same shit. It's just different little side spinoffs and shit. Anyways, the point I'm getting to is they lose the rights to these things, right? 
And for a while, the originals just was nowhere. You couldn't stream it for anywhere. You either had to purchase it, like, through Prime or Vudu or find the physical media. So a lot of times, you know, and we hate to think about it, unless these are, like, very specific IP properties, like, unless it's, like, a Marvel movie that belongs to Disney, it's very likely that sometimes, somewhere down along the line, some horror movie that you love that you know is streaming somewhere might not be streaming there because they lose the rights or they just fail yeah. to renew the rights, you know? Um, and then, of course, yeah. there are even those even more obscure movies who you can't even purchase on on Prime and whatnot. Yeah, it comes, it comes up but, all the time. I mean, there's a movie I want to watch. I'll search and I'm like, it's it's not anywhere. Correct. And, and it's like, so, you know, having physical media matters, it's it's it's. Don't take it for granted. It's going to be out there yep. forever because it's, it's a rights thing. It's a payment thing. You never know. Um, so keep supporting physical media. Uh, keep supporting the streaming and, and the physical, I mean, the digital copies too. Let's just support it all. Let's just try to keep it all going. Um, so, you know, if you enjoyed Thanksgiving, hey, you know, go out and, and buy a Blu-ray and uh, just throw it on a shelf and just have it just in case. Very true. Can't hurt. Trusty Blu-ray. <laughs> All right. So some other good news. Uh, David Bruckner is going to be attempting to remake The Blob. He is set to write and direct the film. No further details are available yet. Um, so I have seen, I think, the remake of The Blob um, from like 88. I don't, not the 58 version, I think, which is the original one. Um, but I have seen the one from 1988. Uh, it's been a long time, but I have seen that one. Yeah, I mean, this will be another remake. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it needs to be rebade again. I mean, I love the Blob. It's a great, you know, both both versions that are out there are great films. Eh, I don't know. I don't know that it needs to be remade, but it's you know whatever. It is what it is. Um, but uh, you know, more power to them. Yep, that's you. That's usually my reaction. More power to them. <laughs> but uh, keep an eye for that in the coming years. And in some unfortunate news, the Exorcist Deceiver has been removed from Universal's release calendar, and David Gordon Green is no longer set to direct the film. Universal and Bloomhouse are looking for a new director. Um, honestly, David Gordon Green, he gets a lot of hate for no reason. Um, you know, he's, he's just the director, and obviously the director has a lot of creative control, but I feel like a lot of people really blame him for, like, for instance, how the Halloween franchise turned out. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people blame him for the Exorcist movie, even though I think the Exorcist Believer was pretty solid, all things considered. Yeah, they're um, they're saying this is a conflict. He has some yeah. other things that he's working on, but it's there. I, I don't know that they pulled it off the calendar because they're looking for a director, or because in their mind it did underachieve what they hoped for. Right. Um, so I don't know. I hopefully the trilogy gets seen through. Um, hopefully this is just a, a minor setback, but, uh, I don't know. These the kind of things in this day and age worry me. It, it's like, I don't know. It's like there, everything has to be like super successful. It feels like before they'll see things through. It's like if a thing's not top notch or a top box office draw, they don't want to, let's well, still, I miss the days of the eighties where they just made sequels just because. And it's like, let's just, you know, keep it going. And I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it'll I don't know. I'm sure maybe we'll see. Who knows? I don't even know. Maybe we'll see it sometime. Maybe we won't. Uh, but him not being attached to it is supposedly a conflict of scheduling. Um, but it might be. I don't know. Universal might see it as a blessing in disguise to table the project. Who knows what's going to happen? Yep. I will say I was looking forward to the other two movies that they were going to supposedly release. But, you know. It is what it is, but we'll like you said, we'll see what happens. All right, so we have some upcoming birthdays. Starting us off strong, January 18th, 1969, Dave Bautista from Knock at the Cabin Door, as well as many other films. Um, Dave Bautista is certainly one of the people who I would never expect to say, like, wow, he's such a good actor. Um, but I think that Given his track record so far with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you know, A Knock at the Cabin, as well as some of his other comedy films and action films, he's really good. 
uh, Dave Bautista is a solid actor, and he doesn't get enough credit because he's just he he's so large. He's such a big guy, and yep. I feel like a lot of people look at him and they say, "Oh, this is just some hulking dude who wants to do this." Where I think he has legitimate acting chops, and I think that you know in the coming years we're we're going to see more of that because you know he's just he's just continuing to develop. He's just he's honestly super great. Love him. Yeah, I, I mean I like Dave Bautista as an actor. He's done some some really great stuff. He surprised me. Uh, to the point now where it's like I, I'm no longer surprised. I expect uh, really good stuff, and it's like every every project he does is just seems to be better than the one before. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. All right, and uh, here's a huge throwback: January 19th, 1809, Edgar yeah. Allan Poe, the author. Um, I, I think it, I think it is, you know, doesn't need to be said, but Edgar Allan Poe is hands down, probably one of the most significant and influential uh, poets and authors of our time. Um, you know, I guess from for our time, I, I suppose. But, you know, I think he, you know, he's already regarded as one of the first masters of horror um, and, and gothic, you know, literature. And uh, I, I think it is, uh, it's very important that uh, we, we continue to remember his works and, um, you know, things like the fall of the house of Usher, um, which, you know, talks about his works and uses them in a modern context, et cetera. Um, it's important that we still do that because he has a lot to give even in, uh, even in death. And I, I think we'll continue to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, a great writer, uh, continues, uh, to, uh, provide content for, uh, those making, you know, shows and, and films and whatever else. Uh, much like, you know, guys like HP Lovecraft and, and whatnot. Uh, so, you know, paved the way for a lot of what we uh, get to watch today. Absolutely. All right. January 20th, 1970, the lovely Skeet Ulrich from Scream and the Craft. Um, Skeet is fantastic. I have I have not personally met him, but I've been in the same room as him during a panel. Um, so that was that was awesome. Um, he's super funny guy, very talented, love him in the scream. Uh, he's also in the TV show Riverdale, which is not too bad either. Um, he plays, I believe, uh, Jughead's dad. Um, so it's very, very interesting, very interesting guy, very interesting character, very, very well versed, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a, seems like a good guy. Every time, uh, I see, you know, interviews with him, he seems very grounded and very in touch with what he is. I mean, obviously, you know, kind of brought back into the scream world with the uh, the latest film uh, in those you know vision scenes or whatever you want to call them. So uh, obviously, you know, and, and the genre we're talking about, yeah, most known for scream. Uh, but yeah, he's done a lot of other things. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta love it. And then we also have Linda Blair, born on January twenty second, nineteen fifty nine. Of course, you know her from The Exorcist. Hell Night, Supernatural. She's done all kinds of stuff. She's been in so much. She's done so many cameos and everything else and everything else. Um, she's a very lovely person and uh, a very fantastic actress who will forever be known for her uh, green pea vomit. <laughs> yeah, I love Linda Blair. Uh, she's spectacular. Uh, obviously, one of the more notable names of horror history uh, and continues to do some, some really great stuff. I mean, had a Cameo there at the end of the new Exorcist uh, film that we, you know, the, the, talking about the the trilogy. I was, you know, hopeful that you know maybe she'd have a, a bigger role in the next couple films. So we'll we'll see what that happens. But uh, yeah, love me some Linda Blair. Absolutely. And then, uh, wow, we're getting the uh, the duo here from Scream, January twenty fourth, nineteen seventy. Matthew Lillard. He is known for Scream 13, 13 Ghosts. Sorry. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, and I'm going to throw Scooby-Doo out there because that is horror movies for kids. Um, you know, basically Matthew Lillard, in my opinion, is a modern renaissance man. Um, I love Matthew Lillard. I love Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, and I cannot wait to see him in the next Five Nights at Freddy's movies, which will eventually come out at some point. Um, actually, I, I heard a rumor that, speaking of, that Five Nights is going to start filming uh, February or March of this year, the second movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Love, love Matthew Lillard. Of course. I mean, yeah, he's, he's stewing scream. That's, you know, one of his greatest roles ever, but I, I always will see the guy as a shaggy. He is 
the live act, the live version of Shaggy, and always will be in my mind. Absolutely, he's fantastic, Shaggy. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, obviously, the original Shaggy is probably my number one still, just because you know his voice is iconic. But come on, Matthew Lillard. I mean, oh, he's he's amazing. Anyways, upcoming movie anniversaries: January nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. About what is that? Four, five, six months after I was born. Um, <laughs> from dusk till dawn. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen From Dusk Till Dawn, but it's a good movie. You know, it's it's solid. It's about vampires, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Mm-hmm. It is. There you go. See, I remember it. So yeah, From Dusk Till Dawn. Um, it, it's one of those movies where I, I I'll think about it and I'll be like, oh yeah, that that's that movie that I'm thinking about. Um. But I've not seen any of the sequels or like the TV show or anything like that, so I can't speak to the quality of those. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I, I, I like the first one. Uh, you know, I, I believe Danny Trejo's in it. George Clooney. It's you know Quentin Tarantino. I think wrote it. Uh, it's, it's a really, really, really solid flick. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then January twenty first, nineteen eighty three, House on Sorority Row. Never seen it. Can't speak to it. But I'm sure Davis. Yeah, I have your typical little early '80s slasher, fun, uh, fun film to watch. Nothing groundbreaking there or whatever else, but uh, but fun, fun, fun. Absolutely, fun, fun, fun. I'll have to check it out. Like you said, I'm sure it's just one of those typical cheesy slashers. Um, but January twenty first, two thousand, year two thousand, we have American Psycho. Um, I have seen American Psycho. Um. And for anybody who's curious, I do have the the critical thinking skills to realize that Patrick Bateman is not a good person. Um, you know, American Psycho, it's it's a solid movie. Um, it's interesting. It, it has a very interesting um, social social narrative, if you will, about the world at the time. And, uh, you know, Christian Bale is, again, just a very well-rounded actor. Um, so it was, it was very great to see him in that, for sure. Yeah, it's such a such a good movie. Absolutely love it, and uh, completely makes you look at Huey Lewis in the news in a completely different way. It, it very much does. <laughs> very much does. Uh, and then uh, we have January 23rd, 1987, The Stepfather. I have seen this movie a very long time ago. More recently, I have seen the remake that they had in the 2000s, which was pretty good. Um, but I don't remember what year that was. But, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, your, it's your typical uh, slasher a little bit of a different spin because it's sort of like, you know, familial in a way, but uh, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, Stepfather's a good movie. It's got Terry O'Quinn in it from Lost. Uh, man, it's such a good, it's, he's so damn creepy in it. And uh, it's just, it, it's wild because you hear news stories that make you feel like, ah, this is not such a stretch. And, <laughs> uh, but uh, I love that movie. It's just so fun. Absolutely. And then lastly, January 23rd, 1980, pardon, 1998, not 88, 1998, Phantoms. Um, I have seen Phantoms. It has been a very long time since I've seen Phantoms. Uh, but I, if I remember correctly, it has Ben Affleck and Leif Schreiber in it. Uh, Rose yeah. McGowan, right? Yeah. Affleck's the bomb in Phantoms. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a clerk. One of the, yeah, one of the, I don't know, one of the Jane Silent Bob deals. Yeah, uh, but it, but it's true. It's a I love Phantom and uh, Affleck. Affleck is the bomb in it. It it, it is a true statement. <laughs> He's the bomb in Phantoms. Love it. Uh, I'll have to check that out again because it's been a long time since I've seen that. But anywho, and then upcoming releases. We're almost to the end here, guys. We have Founders Day coming to theaters on January nineteenth. It is described as a small town shaken up by a series of ominous killings in the days leading up to a heated mayoral election. Um, <clears throat> this was the movie that I actually got confused with uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, it just seemed a little too familiar, too similar, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I'm curious about this movie, and I believe this is actually the movie we're going to be reviewing next week, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It is. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. This sounds... Uh... Sounds intriguing. It, uh, one of those things giving, not going to dive into it, but given the uh, tense political climate that is constantly brewing in this country, uh, seems, uh, doesn't seem that far a stretch. So 
Absolutely. I, like you said, would, would believe it if I saw it. Um, but all right. That does it for our news, upcoming birthdays, movie anniversaries, and releases. Um, as always, follow us on social media. That way you can uh, check out when this stuff pops up uh, in real time. So, you know, we post about it when it happens, and uh, it's good stuff. It's good information to have. So, uh, In any case, when we come back, we have our official review of Underground. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we are back here on Listen to Their Screams. It is review time, and we are reviewing Underground, which was released January 9th, 2024, on Screambox, directed by Lars Jansen, written by Lars Jansen. And Charlotte Don Potter starring Cameron Ashplant, James Swanton, and Charlotte Don Potter. It is described as, after a wild bachelorette party, a group of young women find themselves trapped in an underground bunker complex. Man, oh man. Like I said earlier, do I have very, very strong opinions about this film. You did a horror hot take earlier. This is my horror hot take. This movie sucked. I am sorry. I try to be a positive guy. I try to find redeeming qualities. Man, this movie was <laughs> it was horrible. I, I hate saying that about a film, but I can't find anything that I enjoyed about this movie. It was it drug. It was boring. It took too long to get to the bunker into the gist of things. And then it just it just was not scary. Uh, I, to my knowledge, nobody died. Right. There was nothing. I mean, what it what the hell it was for something that really, to me, had a good premise. Man, they didn't deliver on anything. I don't I, I am so disappointed in this film. I just I would I would not. I would sit for an hour and 40 minutes, stare at a blank screen than I would before I would rewatch this film. Um. I know sometimes I'm not this opinionated, but this film, good Lord, I did not like I would. I think I'd rather watch Thanks Killing again than this film. <laughs> and that's that's saying something is I I just this. I don't even know this, how loosely it has to be classified as horror because it wasn't scary or tense. It just didn't have it, it didn't have anything for me. Um, I, I don't know. What, what, what do you think? I. So here, here's the thing. I didn't hate the movie. Um, so let me start with the positive first. Let me start with the positive first. I loved the filming. The, the filmography was good. Um, from a technical perspective, it, all the shots were nice. Um, they, they tried to act like it was done from like a phone or some sort of like mobile device. Um, so, you know, that part wasn't horrible. You know, it, it, it was reasonable. You know, they had some pretty interesting, um, you know, backgrounds. You know, the tunnels were pretty cool. Um, the, the, you know, scenic uh, ocean view was nice towards the end there. Um, yeah, that, that was nice. Um, the rest of it, not so much. The, the story, almost non-existent. Um, I, I think that, when they I think the scariest part of this movie was when they were uh, in the circle around the, uh, the, the like the pentagram or whatever. And the demon kind of comes out and was doing a little oogity boogity. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I really got to say this movie, uh, this movie was not scary, um, not even tense, really. Um, <clears throat> there were a couple of parts where you're like, OK, well, this is starting to get my attention. What's going on here? And then it just completely doesn't pan out um like dave said there was no risk here there is no reward um in the very beginning it starts off with a you know police officer talking to a camera talking about how um you know they're asking like oh you know is the is the tunnels haunted he's like well we're not going to talk about that right now and they're like is it true that some of the people are still missing and he's like well he's like we can't as is an active ongoing investigation we can't speak about that which makes you think well i guess there's going to be some people missing um no, they, they all made it out safe and sound. Um, yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> every last one of them um, made it out of the tunnels. Nobody died. 
nobody's lost. Uh, there was one person who was lost for like 30 minutes and then they found them. Um, yeah, literally, absolutely. There, there is there. When you have a horror movie, there has to be something at stake. And the way that you prove that there is something at stake is by committing bodily harm or death upon an individual. That is how you determine that there is something at stake. Any good horror movie that you watch, there has to be something there. There has to be something that pulls you in and says, I don't want this person to die. I, I At this point, I, I about an hour into the movie, I'm like, I want somebody to die. Please kill somebody like anybody. I mean, seriously, not a single person was ever, in my opinion, truly at risk. No. I mean, the demon was like caressing their faces like <laughs> like a child and like that was like sick, like, oh, my poor baby. Like and I mean, don't get me wrong, like it was a little creepy, but like the demon wasn't even that scary. It was just a hand. Um, so I don't know. I was hoping that like it would just anything at all. Like, I don't know. It just felt like they were too wishy-washy with the story. They went kind of back and forth. They didn't really stick to any specific idea. And then the movie was just not scary at all. Nope. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my opinion. Uh, great, great cinematography, great filmography. Um, very nice B-roll of the landscape. Um, <laughs> the actual movie, though, I'm not so sure. But you No, know. It, it's like they had access to a bunker. They thought, well, we've got to film a movie. So right. it's, it's like I felt like the biggest threat they experienced was the guy early on. <laughs> that was like smacking at the camera and stuff. I mean, what? I don't understand. Is this movie? Ah, man, I don't know. And I, I hate to knock it. I just, it made little sense. It, it, it was only an hour and 40 minutes. And I was just like, I wanted it to be done because like either do something or just end it. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, then it got, it's like, I don't know. It's like everything got out. They had the wedding. It's like, what the fuck? What the, what, what's the point? I don't I don't understand what I, I, I just I was lost it. um I don't know. Something needed to happen. Someone needed to die. There needed to be more threat. There needed to be more of a visual on the demon or something. Yeah. Something needed to happen. And um we've discussed this before about found footage films. Sometimes. I feel like some found footage films, they, they just use that because it's the easiest route to make the movie. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, we can film this on phones and such, call it found footage because it's easier. And I feel like that's what this was. I don't feel like they went into it with an ideal and a plan and thought, well, found footage works best for telling this story. I, it's, I just, man, I, I'm sorry. And uh, when we rate this thing, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna rock the world on this one. But man, there was again, hey, the bunker setting was cool. That's the only thing I can say about this movie. Um, you know, I sometimes I can say, well, it was it was well acted. I don't know. I, I mean, it's just, I don't feel like there was material there to act. It's like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like the best acting job was the pissed off taxi driver. That just like didn't want him to puke in his car or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I, there was so much crap leading up to when they got there that didn't matter. Yeah. It's like, cut some of that crap, you know, put a little heat in the, in the bunker and let's do this thing. And it's, ah, man, I was so let down. This. And now, now to be fair, this has not turned me off from found footage films. No, I'm not completely spun around back to my day of, of oh man, this is what they're. This is, but this is. I, I feel like this is the, one of those that just felt like the easiest route to get their film made. So that's why they chose found footage. Not that it was the best tool to tell their story. I felt like it was just the easiest tool, and yeah. that's okay. That's that. Hey, that works. That's fine. I get that. But if there's no story, I don't care what you do. If there's no story, it doesn't matter what you shoot it on. It's just not it's not going to save. It. And yeah. uh, there wasn't there was not a strong enough story for this film. And um, and and, and here's one thing I want to add to is, you know, we use the phrase found footage and I, and I know it's not literal, 
But, like, is this truly found footage? Like, yeah, they filmed it on, like, a, a camera that's not your traditional camera or filming equipment. But nobody found the footage. This was readily available footage that the person who filmed it was still yep. alive and able to communicate what happened. Typically, typically, again, typically, found footage is someone happened upon the footage of some horrific event. Look at any popular found footage movie. You know what I mean? With the exception of, like, As Above, So Below, 99% of, like, horror movies who fall into that category either both or most of the party dies and the footage is later recovered at some other undetermined or undisclosed position or event and that's that you know Blair Witch they find they find their tapes just in the middle of the woods you know um trying to think of another found footage movie off the top of my head um shit Paranormal Activity. It was a it was security cameras basically. Paranormal Activity two security cameras. So yeah, that that's that's my problem. That's my issue is that I don't even necessarily know if this is actually found footage. I, I think this is an attempt at found footage, but is it truly found footage? Who found the footage? The lady who shot the footage on her phone. That's who found it. Yeah, it was just it was a mess. I don't I don't I don't understand any aspect of it. It didn't didn't make sense. The story was not fluid. It's just, Lord have mercy. We have, we've reviewed a few movies that I'm like, each, what is this? <laughs> the but fucking this, Cannibal Cabin, baby. Yeah, but this movie doesn't, but this movie made no sense to me. I mean, it raised more questions than it answered for me. And, um, uh, I, again, I'm disappointed. <laughs> so let's, let's write this sucker. One thing, it was almost two hours, too. An hour I, and no 40 kidding. minutes. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It took so long to get to this bunker, and I'm like, what are they trying to say? I kept thinking, oh, okay, so this guy smacks at the camera. Okay, he'll come back into it then, right? He's right. a dick. Surely. He'll come back into it. Oh, the taxi driver is kind of grumpy. Maybe he'll come back into it. I kept thinking, what are they setting up here? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm Jack like, all we, all we want to establish is these girls are drunk. Well, okay, we got that. It's like, I, what? What was all that for? What did that matter? It made, I just made no sense. And um, I, I try to be, I try to be optimistic about these things. I just, I can't, and I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't put enough shine on this. To, to, I, I can't come up with the saving grace outside of, hey, I like the bunker. Um, that, that's it. <laughs> But I feel like, okay, well, that's disappointing. I feel like they could have done more with it. But, uh, all right, let's rate this thing. Do it. Uh, you tend to be more generous than I am sometimes. I I'm going to be flat out, stone cold obvious. I am giving this damn thing a one scream out of five. Because I cannot Ooh. think of redeeming qualities of this film. Not enough to even bump it to a two. Because I did enjoy it Ooh, did not like this film have, oh, i'm sorry it, it, it is what it is i'm standing my ground i'm giving it a one scream you know this is going to be a first um i'm giving it a 1.5 um i i think this is the first time i've ever graded under a two i, I genuinely think that i can't think of a time that i've ever given a movie under a two um yeah 1.5 out of five and the only reason I give it that 0.5, you know, is because to me, the movie was not a complete loss. There was something redeeming about it because I, I, I genuinely mean it when I say that the filmography was great. I think that the cinematography was very well planned. So whoever was in charge of cinematography, fantastic fucking job. Honestly, hats off to you. Cheers. Everything else was not great, though. The writing was poor. Um, you know, great filmography and cinematography cannot make up for a very shitty story. Uh, that's just the end of it. You could have the best scenery, the best filmography, the best sound. You could have the best of all worlds. But if you do not have a something resembling a story, that's game over. It's game over from the get go. Yeah, there's no recovering from that. Yeah, this is this is the first time of any movie we've ever done 
that after I watched it and leading into this episode, this recording, I have went on and looked at other people's reviews because I thought, am I am I missing something? Is there something here that maybe it just flew over my head? Maybe I missed. Nope. Every review, it's everybody's saying the exact same things. we are, And I'm not saying that matters or, or I'm not saying anything. It, it didn't influence me because this is where I stood after watching the film. I just wanted to I, I wanted to try to be fair and make sure that it wasn't me. It wasn't me missing something or that I looked away for a minute and missed a key point. Everybody's saying, what the hell was this? What's going on? I don't understand. And so this is, you know, I don't know if you like this film, more power to you. Please explain to me why. Yeah. And I don't mean that to be snarky or to be a jerk. Just please tell me why. Please tell me what I'm missing that maybe can shine some light. Cause Hey, you know, I, I tried. Um, I, I tried to be open-minded. I, I go into every movie open-minded, but yeah. I tried to try to really sit and think about this for a minute and think, okay, was it as bad as I thought? Did I miss something? Okay. What are the positives? And I couldn't think of them. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I, I just, and I'm like, okay, okay, well, let me look this up and make sure I, I really wanted to do my due diligence and not just slam the movie. It, if, if I had made a mistake in, in my viewing and, and I know it's a taste thing. I get that, but I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss something that maybe I didn't misinterpret something that, uh, that was there. And I, I, I couldn't figure it out. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go with my gut here. Um, but again, you know, if you liked it more power to you, so be it. Uh, you can't argue taste because it, it's an opinion. Just, yeah. I'd love to hear why I just love to hear a counterpoint. I'm not going to argue. I'm not looking for an argument. I just want to hear. I would like to hear an explanation from someone who enjoyed this film. Um, and and not to belittle it, I'm not going to try to undercut it. I will respect it wholeheartedly. Um, I, I just want to hear the counterpoint. Yeah. Because I can't think of the counterpoints. Well, uh, and and it's, what's interesting is that you know sometimes when you rate a movie poorly, I I still give it like at least a two point five or a three, you know. And so I think in this case, it's like neither of us really saw that other side, you know, where normally either we're both like on the side of, yeah, it was a good movie or at least one of us is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it is very interesting that, you know, we've both come to this conclusion and uh, yeah, I, I'm very curious, like you said, too, I'm very curious to see the other side of this from somebody who says Underground was a phenomenal film. Like, let me tell you why. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know. There's some people out there on social media that I've seen that are very, very positive people that that watch movies and can always pick something out. And I tried I try to be where I can at least pick something. But there are some people that are even more positive than me. And I, and I, I admire that. Um, and um, I'm just curious what what those people would see in this one. Yeah. Um, again, not not for argument's sake. I'm not that kind of guy that I'm wanting to fight fight. I just I, I just want to hear the counter opinion. Just out of curiosity, um, not it's not going to change my mind. Probably, it's not going to change my opinion. I'm just curious to to hear the the other side of that coin, uh, or if we're talking about you know, uh, uh, you know what two headed nickel here or whatever. That right. it's both sides are the same. Um, so, uh, and if you know, if you haven't seen the movie and you got some time, just give it a watch and let me know. You know, let us know. Do you do you agree with us? Are we being too harsh? Yeah. Uh, because we're typically not. We're typically we're typically those guys that try to find the, the that flower that grows in a pile of crap that, you know, that we're, we, we try to find the bright spots as something to to shine some light on. So you don't hear us very often be like, whoo, this one just just didn't hit on anything. So. um and, I, you know, so I'm curious. I'm just curious to hear other people's opinions. And uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed and not very often do I watch a movie that I'm just 100 percent disappointed and think, eh, man, I wish I I wish I had. I don't know what we could have watched in its place this week. But, uh, right. <laughs> it's like it's like, eh. Uh, but, uh, you know, I am a little more optimistic about next week because we are going to be reviewing Founders Day. 
It sounds very intriguing to me. Uh, I'm very interested in this. I think this is a, a good concept for a movie. I think it's a very, uh, very current concept for a movie that really, really works. Uh, and I think, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it because, uh, like we said, um, we don't get political, but you know, political climate now is very, very tense. It's very divided. Yeah. And I think that's a, this is something that, yeah, you could, I think it's a smart move to chop it down to it like a mayoral, you know, election, something that's not that people aren't typically as opinionated on right. as some of the national stages. Uh, but I think it's a very, a very, very good topic to explore in a horror film if done right. And I'm, I'm hoping it is. I, I'm very excited. I'm very optimistic about it. It's, you know, a theatrical release. Uh, that, so that gives me, it gives me some promise. Uh, you know, sometimes we watch movies and I'm like, I wonder why this didn't get released in theaters. Yeah, I, I, sorry, underground. I see why. Uh, no offense. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited by Founders Day. I'm hoping that it gives us some of those surprise Thanksgiving feels when we watch it. Uh, that, you know, I, I thought, ah, Thanksgiving sounds interesting. And then I went and saw it and thought, man, that was really, really good. It was really fun. I'm hoping for that same thing from this. I thought, ah, this sounds clever. And I'm hoping to come out of it thinking, man, that was really, really well done. Uh, so I, I'm a little optimist, more optimistic about Founders Day, but we'll see next episode whether, uh, that is, whether that comes through or not. So yeah. But before we close this out, Ike, anything you want to throw in? Um, well, you know, well, other than, you know, maybe watch Underground with a, a little bit more of an open mind than we did, apparently. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, everywhere out there, I think right now is experiencing a, a cold rush. So, uh, you know, stay safe out there, guys. Stay warm. Yeah, if, if you know, try to try to stay indoors if you can, if you're in a cold <laughs> area. Uh, if you can't, you know, just be safe. Take give a little extra time. Ice is slick. Remember that. Um, but, uh, yeah, be careful. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you have the, if you have the choice, stay home, cuddle up and, uh, watch some horror movies on a streaming service. And, uh, it's always a good alternative. So, well, all right. Until next episode, when we're going to review Founders Day, which will be in theaters coming this Friday after release, wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe and have many pleasant nightmares. <laughs>